Hello friends, uh, hope you guys are doing well. Uh, generally on our podcast, we speak to entrepreneurs, venture capitals. We talk about the startup world. Uh, this is uh, the first of its kind for us. Today, uh, we have His Excellency, uh, Mr. Sandeep Chakraborty, who's India's ambassador uh, to Indonesia and Timor Leste. Uh, we're gonna discuss with him uh, a wide variety of topics, uh, not only about who's a diplomat and what he does, but also the worldview and how it is changing and in which direction it is going. Welcome to Startup Simplified Chief. How are you doing? I'm good. Happy to be on your show. Thank you so much for making time. Uh, it's been a burning question uh, for me and for quite a few friends of mine. Uh, what's really a role of an ambassador? Our understanding or my understanding is that an ambassador represents uh, the country in a foreign land. But what else? I mean, if you could just break it down for us, right? Uh, in, in whichever format you would want to, uh, it will be of great help. Good. So it's, a, it's a, not an easy question to answer. Sure. And uh, many people have asked me and uh, depending on the person, uh, you get the answer. Okay. But I have applied my mind to this, uh, not only what is an uh, ambassador, but what does a diplomat do sure. know, and the role of diplomacy. So to be very uh, formal, I would say that uh, the ambassador is uh, the representative of a head of state okay. to another head of state. This okay. has been the tradition. So you see, the, there is a document known as the credentials. Mm -hmm which are signed in, was, or was signed in my case by Rashtrapati ji. Okay. And then there is a very formal occasion called the credential ceremony, where the ambassador presents those credentials to the head of state here. So I presented credentials uh, to uh, President Jokowi uh, oh. a couple of months back. Okay. So till the time the credentials ceremony is done, that I don't hand over the letter signed by my president to the president of the host country, mm -hmm. An ambassador remains an ambassador designate. So historically, it had been sovereigns who sent ambassador to the court of the sovereign. So that has yeah. continued. Yeah. In modern times, things have uh, expanded and changed. So the ambassador of India to Indonesia would represent, in many sense, the government of India in Indonesia, the whole of government. Okay. Although I belong to the Ministry of External Affairs or what is known as the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Mm -hmm. I am not only a representative of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, I am the representative of the entire government of India okay. as embodied in the personality of the President. Mm -hmm. So I then, anything my government has to do or deal with the government of Indonesia and vice versa mm -hmm. may go through me or I may be the interlocutor or the negotiator okay. or the face of my country to Indonesia. So that is a very strict definition. Yeah. But as in modern times, everything gets expanded and changed. I also represent the people of India in some sense. I represent India as a country. I represent uh, Indian culture. Mm -hmm. I also further the interests of Indian corporates, Indian businesses. Uh, uh, I would also promote people-to-people uh, -people ties. So I basically, I would say my job here is to push the relationship between India and Indonesia forward. Sometimes I am batting for Indonesia. I would want Indonesia to have a greater role in India, a greater presence in India. Hmm. And most of the times I am batting for India okay. in the sense that hmm. I want India to be more present here, Indian interests to be protected. So. Uh, one some, sometimes I also wonder whether I am India's ambassador to Indonesia <laughs> or Indonesian ambassador to India because uh, I believe that um, uh, both ways hmm. if India becomes more present or engaged with Indonesia our peoples will gain and similarly uh, if Indonesia is more present in India our peoples will gain so now it's a it's quite an expanded portfolio Sometimes I'm doing business, sometimes I'm doing think tanks, sometimes I'm promoting culture, sometimes connectivity. But um, uh, I, it's very difficult to define it and put it into a straight jacket. 
uh, it's not the has the role sorry has yeah. the role evolved over uh, over let's say last 10 years 15 years uh, yes certain, it has evolved. certain it has evolved I, in my career in my lifetime i've seen it evolve uh, as india has risen uh, in the world uh, as other countries have risen some have declined uh, our role has changed uh, we also another role we which we which we perform uh, a lot is is to take care of indians in, in in our countries if indians are in trouble in distress or routine services sure. consular services passports and visas and otherwise uh, we are the first call for an, any indian who hmm. is abroad and needs any help so sure. that i think has come into sharp focus now hmm. uh, as the indian diaspora has grown world over sure so our embassies are now you know dealing much more with diaspora issues uh, than uh, than before and similarly the diaspora has been of great use to the uh, to the our embassies and ambassadors because uh, we 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 then connect in a very different way through our diaspora to our host governments and people sure so sure. it is certainly now we do more of economic diplomacy mm-hmm. uh, as prime minister said you know we need to put the three t's which is trade tourism and technology hmm. so uh, that is the mandate that we have from can you expand minister. a bit more on this uh, on this policy change or this whole economic expansion uh, which which even you are leading can you just expand a bit more so that uh, we get an idea like for example for from what our understanding is like uh, the likes of UPI uh, moving out or get going live yesterday in France right uh, so could if you could just give us a bit more expansion of yeah. what's yeah. more to yeah. come yeah. or what's in pipeline yeah. Yeah. will yeah will yeah i know so i will give you a general uh, context first which is sure. you see india is transforming yeah. india is transforming in a rapid pace so what is so so the transformation of india will not necessarily take place only by indians who live in india true there's a role for everybody true there's a role for indians who live outside india true there is a role for foreigners who are invested and interested in india you know uh, when we talk of the 3 t's technology most of the technologies or large part of the technology comes from from abroad sure raw materials um, tourism if you wanting to tourists need uh, where will tourists come from they will come from abroad or indian tourists will go abroad yeah. so i think india is a very globalized country and in that globalized role diplomats and ambassadors have a have a huge role of of being facilitator sometimes our role is not very evident hmm Uh, our role is not very you cannot clearly define that role hmm. uh, but uh, our maybe you know you cannot trace it directly sure but um, uh, but you know in every deal or every uh, you know exchange that takes place somewhere or the other in in, in indian diplomat or our or on the basis of the relationship mm-hmm. uh, things get done sure and uh, upi you gave an example so you see i was uh, uh, in charge of west europe division of our ministry till uh, till july before i came here yeah. and at that time we had uh, worked on this upi thing so it took a few few sure. months and uh, and it got done uh, during uh, so at bastille day it was more or less you know put into the works and by republic day it it got done so i was so happy to read about it sure. and uh, uh, we are now working with uh, with indonesia uh, one thing which i don't know if you had attended we had a seminar recently where we are already talking with indonesia on local currency settlement yes. systems yes so uh, the idea is that if we can uh, do our deals in rupiah and rupees uh, then uh, then uh, the con- transaction costs come down drastically uh, drastically, drastically. Uh, you know 3 or 4% uh, correct. Uh, correct. decline in transaction cost which which can be basically uh, the the difference between a, a profit and loss oh absolutely know? absolutely looking at the volumes yes yeah, looking at the volumes then uh, you see um, there are other uh, ties uh, which we promote for instance i have been uh, since i have uh, was asked to come to indonesia behind the back of my mind uh, this question of connectivity has been working hmm. and um, we are pushing the connectivity the air connectivity between indonesia and india and i am so happy that at least now we have uh, two direct flights uh, between india and indonesia and now i am pushing for more flights Uh, we may have one more flight uh, next month sure uh, oh, connecting india nice. and indonesia and uh, my goal uh, in a way is to see that our capitals are connected sure it is uh, very very distressing for me personally and for many people <laughs> that the two largest countries in the world india indonesia largest 
population wise population yeah. wise yeah. democracy wise economy mm-hmm. uh, our capitals are not connected it right. it pains me a lot yes so i hope before i leave this place and my tenure is completed we could have restore the flights that used to connect jakarta this, with delhi this is this is a good example uh, which uh, which you've given and i i would like to expand uh, slightly on this one right for example you talk about connectivity you talk about the new flights coming in uh, very briefly uh, what role does the embassy and you and the other folks play in getting this done isn't it driven majorly by airline economics or what kind of uh, what kind of Uh, work happens in the background the reason i'm asking this is i want the audience to understand what role really the embassy and the ambassador and the other folks play uh, because half of them have the understanding that hey listen it's a, it seems like an attractive route for the airlines hence they have come in right uh, so yeah so you see uh, you're right you know if something is not uh, commercially viable it won't happen but does it mean all commercially viable routes are operating no Okay. True. Does it also mean that commercially non-viable routes are not operating? Absolutely. Doesn't mean so. Yes. There is the answer to the question. Correct. In the case of Indonesia, uh, uh, you see, uh, Indians are now the second largest um, tourists in Indonesia. This is a huge factor. True. It's a transformative factor. Yes. A Balinese economy has benefited a lot from uh, Indian tourists. Balinese people like Indian tourists because they are very respectful of the culture. They Correct. understand. and they spend a lot yes. unlike other tourists from other countries who spend most of the time in the hotels and uh, you know lying by by the pool side <laughs> or the beach our people go out yeah. they visit the temple they do shopping true, true. and and uh, they spend time outside mm. the hotel mm. which which is good for the economy mm. but the role i and a diplomat and an embassy would play in this case would be to push uh, airlines uh, i have been in constant touch with uh, some of our airlines pushing them meeting them and then there are regulatory approvals yes so we push our uh, ministry of civil aviation and uh, the indonesian ministry of civil aviation the conversation should go on we we uh, also uh, you know sometimes help in the discussions i distinctly remember that uh, i was approached by one airline saying that uh, indonesian side was giving them a time slot which was not suitable for them because mm. they wanted the flight from here to india reach at a time when flights from that destination were going to middle east and europe hmm. the the slot they were getting the uh, the flight would reach l- much later later so then uh, you know we kicked in we met the indonesian uh, side which was very cooperative and uh, they understood the reasoning hmm. and that you know they had to be given the slot they were asking and they and they, they gave and that flight is now uh, running smoothly between uh, jakarta and mumbai so uh, i'm taking one next week <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, so you know the the embassies uh, both the indian embassy here and the indonesian embassy uh, played a role in 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 the resumption of 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 the direct air connectivity and uh, i think we are or why i think i'm i'm we are still playing that role sure and i'm in constant touch with our airlines and my hope is that we have more connectivity between uh, india and indonesia no excellent i mean this this really clears a lot uh, i had a bit of an idea but now it really helps out right i mean uh, from an outsider's perspective it looks like okay hey listen uh, the the route has just become very very favorable hence the airlines are coming in but we don't really know what goes beyond uh, behind the closed doors right the regulatory approvals convincing both these sides on the viability of things and more uh, this was helpful uh, before we move on to the next question just just describe a day in a day in your life a working day i take a pick up a random day well uh, you see um, one point uh, which i would like to make is that uh, for us uh, there is not much uh, there is no break over weekends so the weekends are not, we are doing this <laughs> <laughs> we are doing this and uh, this morning i had a, I had a vc i just came out of a vc Uh, with uh, with a professor from I am uh, I am uh, Bangalore who was speaking on non market so I was coordinating a talk with some people and in the evening I will be attending uh, uh, the there is a musical show in town yes some artists have come from uh, yes. Bombay so I will have to attend that and uh, tomorrow uh, I have a lunch invitation to meet with some people and evening I am traveling to uh, to a mine in Kalimantan. 
uh, where uh, one of our companies, uh, Tata, has invested. Hmm. So they've been asking me to visit their mine. So I also need to understand because you sure. know coal is a major product that is um, traded with India. So I need to understand how those things happen. So tomorrow I'll be gone for that. A uh, usual day would mean uh, first in the morning starting with uh, uh, you know connecting back to India uh, to see what's happening, what are the priorities. Then uh, meeting with my team. Uh, it need not be all in person meeting. Most of it happen sure. in groups, as you know. Yeah. Uh, most of the work yes. <laughs> uh, takes place in groups or in, on WhatsApp. Um, getting to know what's happening in Indonesia is important hmm. for me. And when I uh, reach office, I try to meet people. Sure. I meet uh, members of our community. Uh, I've been meeting a lot of people. I jokingly say that I'm speed dating. Uh, because I've been well, here six you months. Have, you have uh, been. You have I, been. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you over here, but uh, I have to say this: uh, the amount of enthusiasm and presence uh, which which you bring on to every the, each of these events, be it be it uh, be it a ceremony in a temple, or be it a music show, or be it a business event, uh, it is amazing. I mean, the sheer volume of events which you're attending uh, I, was, I was telling uh, my wife Sonia as well that the amount of energy which is required to do this even though you are you might be an extrovert I don't know but uh, just in case even if you might be an extrovert it still drains it's it's still a very draining process uh, yeah no so you see uh, diplomats are supposed to have two characteristics otherwise you should not be a diplomat it's my understanding you have to be an eternal optimist Eternal optimist. Eternal optimist. Okay. Because if you if you are a pessimist and you are depressed, then this is not your business. Because you need to uh, motivate others. Hmm. You need to uh, instill hope all the time. Hmm. Even in a very serious uh, situation, even if there is war, uh, you have to talk of peace. Okay. Yes. And uh, so a, dit a diplomat is an eternal optimist. And secondly, he should be extrovert. You know, he should have the skill and the ability to meet with people. If somebody doesn't like meeting people, doesn't like conversations, uh, doesn't want to understand the culture of the other person, hmm. where is he coming from, what what are the foods they eat. Uh, like people ask me, which is your favorite uh, Indian restaurant in Jakarta? Hmm. I find it difficult to answer hmm. because I normally don't go and eat in Indian restaurant because I eat Indian food at home. Yeah. When I go out, I like to eat Indonesian, Indonesian food. food. So I can tell you. Uh, my favorite Indonesian restaurant, sure. uh, but uh, but I may be f I find it difficult to to comment on an Indian restaurant. Uh, having said that, um, you know uh, he's waiting for your favorite Indian Indonesian restaurant. Please. Uh, so it's called my favorite Indonesian restaurant so far, and I don't want to uh, patronize any 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 company or a restaurant. Is this place called uh, Talaga Sampuran? Okay, it is in Menteng. It is a lovely uh, place where they serve very traditional indonesian food and uh, and it's it's uh, they have these uh, small rooms uh, located on, on a lake there's on a, a lake. water on okay. a lake kind of a thing okay. and with fishes all around and and you sit on on, on, on there's no table you put your sure. feet under that and you sit in a traditional way and i i quite liked it in fact i went there twice but there are many others sure. and um, people have been telling me everywhere that you must eat padang food and so I am now, my next uh, adventure would be to uh, go and find a nice Padang restaurant. Sure. Uh, we, uh, have some re we have some recommendations off and, camera. And one of your uh, country cousins, uh, Tiku Menon, was telling me that Padang food is very similar to Kerala food. In fact, it seems in the past people from Kerala came yeah, there. There has been an exchange. Exchange. There has been an exchange. And, and there's a book by a Scottish person who talks about these linkages and uh, use of coconut and coconut yes, oil. Yes. So my next uh, culinary adventure will be Padang food. And uh, after that, I'm planning to uh, try street food, sure. uh, which I have not tried so far. So mm. I'm, I'm actually uh, on a culinary discovery nice. of Indonesia. Nice. So nice. Uh, all these, you know, so to be able to talk hmm. or, or, or make conversation, you should know the country. True. True. So I've been traveling quite a bit. I'm getting to know Indonesia. And uh, I've, I've traveled to Kalimantan, I've been to Aceh, I was last week in, in Batam. Of course, Bali one has traveled to, but there are many, many fascinating places in, in Indonesia, which I need, need to know. So uh, I am uh, in, a, in a hurry, in a, in a way, trying to know the country and also trying to find out where does India and Indonesia connect. Hmm. 
Uh, we connected um, over hundreds of years. That's true. But uh, my job is to is to use that connection to make new connections. Sure. You know, if we we can't rest on our, our laurels, saying that you oh, know our ancestors were very close to each other. But today, I have nothing to show on my balance sheet. So that yeah. that won't work. True. true so true. you know, new new things, uh, uh, new in initiatives. Uh, you know, uh, you belong to the startup world. You know, connecting our startups. Uh, pay payment systems. I am trying to explore if we can, you know, do a UPI link up. Uh, health sector uh, connectivity. I mentioned. Uh, then, uh, you know, Indonesian tourists into India. Sure. Uh, I was looking at uh, uh, in investments into India over okay. the last 23 years. So Indonesia was, I think, 34th ranked. Okay. Okay. But some of those countries who are on top are actually uh, small countries. Through which um, investments are rooted, like hmm. uh, like Mauritius or oh. or even Singapore. Hmm. Some of the Singapore investment could be actually Indonesian. Indonesian ones, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, Indonesia was 34th in the rank, but the amount was not insubstantial. It was about 650 million US dollars. So, which which shows that you know the the appetite the, is there. Appetite is there, and you know, I my job would be also to see if we could, uh, you know, push um, uh, Indonesian investments into India. And of course, uh, Indian investments uh, in into Indonesia. W my message uh, has, or maybe we will come to that later. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I just got lost in in my thoughts. Mm. Just moving from your thoughts, uh, but yeah, let's let's talk about how does one become a diplomat from your journey, right? So we'll cover both the aspects. Let's hmm. talk about your journey. Hmm. In that process, we'll also understand how does one in India hmm. becomes a diplomat, right? Okay. Uh, but and we do yeah. at the end, uh, to the end, uh, to who you are today, right? Uh, you can you can uh, run through the initial bits. Uh, up to you. Hmm. I'll, I'll uh, leave that to you. How you wanna do it? So you see, in in India, uh, you become a diplomat uh, only by clearing the civil service examination. Uh, which, uh, as you know, is 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 a difficult examination. One to, of the to toughest clear. ones, and I I believe it has become even more tougher. It was yes. so tough when we were we were writing it, but hmm. otherwise I would not have cleared it. But <laughs> uh, so in in India, it is a different uh, kind of a system, uh, but uh, other countries have different sure. uh, systems. Most countries have an examination. Uh, I think most countries do have professional diplomats, and uh, they have an examination. Only for diplomats okay. to recruit diplomats, hmm. not like in India where yeah. it is a civil service civil examination. Services, yeah. Where which is yeah. a very British model, right? Uh, civil services. Yeah, I think so, and uh, uh, and also that um, you know in our examination, whether you want to be a policeman or a customs officer or a administrative officer, you write the same exam. Yeah. In other countries, the examination is more specialized. Yeah. You should have had international relations background, mm -hmm. or you should have uh, you should know a foreign language. Mm. Uh, in our case, it comes later. Yeah. So when in our training we 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 learn a foreign language and we get yes. training in international relations and diplomacy. How's how's your journey? You've cleared. Yeah, so I am yeah. I am getting into that. Hmm. Mine is a kind of a twelfth fail kind of a oh, is it? story. Okay. Uh, which I actually I'm going to put the link uh, to that movie <laughs> in the description. If you haven't watched, it, please do. So I uh, mine is a kind of a twelfth fail kind of a story, but not uh, exactly that way. Hmm. In fact, I have uh, start I have written my story. I want yes. to publish it maybe in in a year or two when I am able to. It's your to, memoir. Uh, not my my story. It's not not my memoir. Okay. It's nothing to do with my uh, my uh, diplomatic, diplomatic experiences, uh, diplomatic journey, but experiences of life, okay. Okay. including being a diplomat. Sure. So uh, how I got into was very accidental. So it's not a model for others. I got in because of a friend. Uh, okay. He he uh, his dad used to believe or still believes that he was um, he was. He was destined to be a civil servant, okay. and he he would fill the form every year and never write the exam or prepare for it. Hmm. And his father would get furious at him. Then once he told me that you know why don't I fill your form also? And he was we were very close. We used to. How old were you at that time? I was I was twenty six or twenty seven actually okay. late. Late. Normally yeah. people join at the age of twenty three or yeah. twenty four. Hmm. And so to please him and him being a close friend, I said okay, let me see this also, hmm. and. Uh, to my horror and surprise and shock, uh, I cleared the exam. 
the preliminary exam. How, how long did you prep for it? We, I didn't prepare much for it for a month or so. Yeah, so that's it. yeah, that's it. So I, you know, people may think I'm lying, but that's true. You can ask my friends. Yeah, and there's family. no reason for you to. Lie. Yeah. So so I tell people, you know, don't follow my example. In a month. Yeah. I and then I, when I cleared the prelims, I was absolutely blown out, blown uh, blown over because. I didn't know what to do. You know? yeah. I didn't have any preparation for subjects, for the mains and all. And I basically went to a bookseller and asked mm. him, you know, the guy who sells books for civil service, yeah. to tell me what to uh, what to study. And he gave me. He said, uh, "What did you study in college?" I said, "I studied physics, but I don't know anything of physics." So he says, "You try geography." So he gave me a, a set of books on geography, and I started reading, you know, graduate level geography books. Mm. And I didn't understand anything, you know, physical geography. So after a week, I went back to him, and he said, "Yeah, it's not coming." So he said, "Sir, you can't do anything." I said, "What? You've exam cleared?" Then he told me, "You can go to Rao Study Circle. That used to be a coaching center in in Delhi. Sure. That time, it used to be very prominent." Hmm. So I went to Rao Study Circle. She cleared prelims without any coaching center. Nothing. I know I didn't nothing. do any coaching, okay. nothing. Hmm. Then they said they looked at me and asked me some question. They said you have to be here the whole day. We you have to coach yourself in civil general studies, and then uh, then I chose anthropology because I didn't understand hmm. any uh, geography, and I had taken public administration because I had gone to business school, so hmm. I knew management. Okay. And public administration had half a part Close. of yeah. uh, management. So and. Um, I I cleared the civil service examination in the first attempt hmm. but I got a postal service my rank okay. was 200 something and uh, but I had a job in fact I was working when I was writing the exam w- what were you doing I w- I was in the development sector I used to work at that time with the Swedish international agency okay so I had a good salary and I was very happy in doing what hmm. I got into it because of my friend hmm. but then what happened when my, the, my friends and my family were very excited that you know people <laughs> prepare for ages and uh, you know they they do lot of this guy studies for 30 days yeah, and gets in yeah and you got in so you should try again but hmm. i i didn't belong to a very well to do family so i i couldn't leave my job hmm. and so i went back to job and next uh, exam i wrote while working okay yeah uh, i i while working i just took leave during the time of the examination and uh, again that would be the mains the, the mains yeah okay prelims and all i i can i cleared the prelims hmm. uh, so now the, the next problem. one's mains and then i i got foreign service so then i you know then there was some euphoria you cleared mains while working full time yeah yeah i cleared so that that's so i'm saying mine is a kind of a 12 field story but in in, in a, in a, in a different very different way, way. <laughs> very different way because uh, i i was not into civil service i not because i i thought it's not for me why do you think you were able to do this i just in hindsight why do you think Uh, that i mean you 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 i'm sure you you are aware you must have seen even at that time people prepare for like a year yeah 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 what what do you think was within you in terms of a quality or i don't know any hindsight because this is very rare yeah it is it is it is rare i i agree with you you see one thing which uh, helped me a lot was uh, reading the newspaper So okay. in my house we all read the newspaper. So always been a avid newspaper reader. Always. Okay. Always a avid newspaper reader. Always listening to shortwave radio, Voice of America, BBC, hmm. Australia, Radio Australia. Hmm. Uh, I used to you know I had a shortwave radio. So I was very curious about the world. Hmm. But uh, I I had never traveled abroad and all that. So but in my family I remember the newspaper would be almost uh, you know violated everyone would take away <laughs> once the paper came to the house somebody <laughs> would take the, the main paper somebody would take the sports, the sports paper and yeah. end of the day the paper would be in shambles but all of us read news so we had uh, in my family we were very well aware of what was happening hmm. uh, in 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 the world so i think that that um, you know worked in my dna and secondly the business school i went was in a forest management uh, school in uh, in bhopal mm-hmm. there again i thought uh, it it uh, changed my view of the world uh, understanding things uh, in a, in a different way and then the job i did uh, where i worked in ngo again i worked with tribals and and poor people all mm-hmm. over india i think that also uh, you know I- I impacted my 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 world view sure. and i think all those things helped me in writing the exam Uh, and the way i communicated exams didn't used to be very maths heavy back then 
no 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 in that case i would not i am not i understand maths but i can't write maths you know, i am very bad in maths today there are people who have like cleared je engineering iit and they are like they are saying that this year's maths was insane yeah 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 no so i am not a mathematically oriented person so uh, i i would not have cleared now but in those days it was not and i, I took uh, yeah. sociology uh, i mean sociological papers like public ad and anthropology Uh, so uh, I was able to do it. Okay. So my uh, my story is not the real kind of a <laughs> civil service story. So and then when I got foreign service, then um, people said, you know, I I didn't have time to think. I thought hmm. there was some euphoria and uh, so and it was, was a big this, pay loss this, for me. This was one in twenty seven. Uh, you were you were twenty seven years old, right? When you I was tw- I wrote it twenty. I was twenty eight when 28, I joined. Yeah, twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. Talk talk about the pay cut. Yeah. So I was <laughs> as I said, I used to work for the Swedish uh, Development Agency. and i used to get a quite a hefty amount of money very uh, handsome in those days this is sure. mid 90s when uh, even in private sector the pay the, the market has just opened up just opened right? up. just opened up just opened up and hardly anybody in my peer group or even in the corporate sector mm. even people from im and all would not get that much money so i uh, my pay became one fourth of that yeah <laughs> really one fourth <laughs> I I still remember I used to get about twenty five thousand rupees when I was in Sida in nineteen ninety five ninety six, and when I joined the civil service I got six thousand rupees. Ooh, so it was one fourth. But you know there was something about the service that you never looked at the pay. You know the the the, the, the prestige and and the, the 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 you know there was some 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 off factor with it, and I think. Good for India that it still remains. It it remains, it remains very it heavily, remains. It very remains. heavily. It remains. And thankfully to to these movies and uh, there are some very beautiful series as well. Uh, it seems like that that awe has has multiplied. It was always there, but it was there in a certain part of the country. But now it seems like the people from the cities. I have friends, cousins in Mumbai who are like getting this aspirational about. Appearing or trying for the exams, and I was like, okay, this is good. Uh, this is really good. Okay, so but you, I think it, yeah. it it worked out well for me. I'm sure, uh, and and <laughs> uh, and I have not. Uh, I have really enjoyed myself. And What was I, your first posting? Huh. So I went to Spain. I ah, went to nice. Spain. Straight from Delhi to Spain. Delhi to Spain. Mm-hmm. And I chose Spanish as my language again. You know, I, uh, as I said, I I I was never a very good student in terms of performance. Hmm. I may have been a good student in terms of behaving in the class, hmm. or being respectful to the teachers and doing my work, hmm. and understanding what is being taught. But if you ask me, did you score well in exam? I I, I couldn't. You know, I, there was a. Uh, yesterday, I met somebody in in Indonesia. Uh, he said that he runs something called as democratic school. Okay. So he said, "What?" I said, "What is democratic? Isn't democratic school uh, students decide the curriculum, and and uh, and and they." Uh, they decide what they want to learn and what they want to teach hmm. uh, what they want to be taught so this guy in this democratic school here in indonesia erudio it's called it's hmm. on the way to bogor he decided that his project this year would be a wayang ramayana show nice. so the school invited me yes, last night i was watching ramayana nice. last night i was watching a 2 hour show of ramayana uh, in javanese and bhasha So my friends, I had invited some people. They were not understanding what was being spoken in Javanese. Sure. And I was able to understand a lot of it because I know the Ramayana story. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. But uh, but you know the, there is a you know in, in Indonesia so rich in culture yeah, there's so many absolutely, languages. Absolutely. So for two hours I was uh, coming back to old question. What do you do? Mm. So I I sat through a Ramayana recital. Then I had taken some friends, and then I said you know I want to know what hap- what young people do in the in in the night here. Okay. So I went to a pub actually. and i was quite amazed that that pub was full of people this uh, was last night last night oh, friday friday okay. night jakarta uh, uh, yeah. insane and and uh, the music was so nice it was mm-hmm. 80s 90s song and sure. and people uh, audience were getting up and singing abba and boniam and all that and i felt so good i felt so much <laughs> so much connected and it was sure. lovely and I, i came quite late in the in the night home so uh, so again you may say you know uh, what doesn't diplomat ambassador he, he he needs to know what has happening you know yeah. And uh, but you are innately curious. Yeah, you've always uh, I, been like this. Yeah, yeah, you've always yeah. been curious. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So as I said, so I was not good in exams. So I thought, let me take the easiest language. Hmm. So uh, Spanish is an easy language to to pick up. I've heard so. Yeah. Yeah. So and I was happy I chose Spanish because I I speak Spanish quite fluently, 
and I picked it up easily. And then I have, uh, I was lucky as a diplomat in the Indian Foreign Service that my government sent me thrice to Spanish-speaking countries. So oh. I, from Spain, I went to Colombia, nice. and then I was ambassador to Peru and Bolivia. So my language skills were 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 very handy, and um, and then uh, I came back to Delhi for several years. I then went to Bangladesh, went to Peru, I went to New York. And then I was back in Delhi before I came to Jakarta. So it's been 20 plus years in the service. I joined in 96 and 96. so it is 28 years. 28 yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, maybe not in detail, but, but just, just talk about the changes which you have seen. Now, I think we briefly spoke about that in the beginning. But let's, let's get a bit more into it because I, I believe, yeah, I mean, the country has evolved for good. Uh, since 1996, be it in terms of economy, defense, uh, the way we position ourselves uh, to the world. Uh, how have those changes translated in uh, in foreign services or how the uh, embassies uh, operate? No, it's a, it's a very relevant question and uh, we need to uh, constantly deal with that question. So, obviously, when we joined the service, uh, there was nothing much to talk about. Uh, with a foreign interlocutor, our economy was was not button, was yeah. not in a very good shape. We didn't have much to sell. Our trade volumes were very low. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we were actually looking for investment. There was hardly any Indian investments abroad. Correct. The only calling card we had maybe was uh, culture, music, tourism, uh, a bit. tourism a little bit, Bollywood a little bit. Yeah. Now you move a few years down, two thousand onwards. Hmm. Our uh, Sorry, but you've seen that transition, huh. right? You've seen that transition. I, uh, I know I've interrupted a thought process, but how quick that transition happened, and what you were supposed to you, you're supposed to make a very quick shift, right? Because the transition, of course, happens over a period of like two or three years, maybe, or in some cases more. But to you, the directives change, maybe let's say in a week or in a month. Yeah, no, so uh, exactly. So you see, um, uh, what is our job as a, as a diplomat? Our job is to is to market your country, absolutely. Uh, project India in a good way, make the country appeal to foreigners, and also uh, make the country that where you are working also appeal to people back home. And it's hmm. a two-way process. Sure. Uh, if one leg is weak, it it doesn't work. 2000s again India transformed and uh, the, the biggest um, boon that I would say we got was the IT revolution. Indians okay. started getting recognized as you know IT guys, wizards. It's like early 2000s. Early 2000s. Y2K, you know, the Y2K, Y2K and all that. Yeah. Then you know even Indian migration to the west, uh, you know anybody who had anything to do with IT, the IT was then this moving, yeah. would, would look at India. These majors came up, TCS hmm. and Wipro and hmm. And, and HCL and all those companies. So we had some things to talk about. You yeah. know? Uh, we, we, we projected ourselves as not only a, uh, a cultural destination and food and Bollywood, but also uh, to do with IT. And another, so the, the, the decades of 2000s went with that and also we had a good growth rate. Yeah. But that started petering out towards the end of to, to, to the, the first decade of the 20th century. the global century, recession as global well, recession right? Also. The story had changed. Story had changed. Hmm. Then I think another huge impetus came with, uh, with the new government, the 2014. 2014, okay. There the difference was that uh, we were also made conscious of our own glory of what India is to the world, hmm. our past, our civilization, mm -hmm. International Yoga Day. Yoga is known to everybody. In fact, people in the West, I, I was in the US, people think, people used to they think yoga. They have, they have hijacked yeah. the word it was, it was an American <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah. you know, Yoga Day. Hmm. And last year, um, Prime Minister pushed this Millet's Day. Yes. You know, these are traditional Indian knowledge where which our own people used to be very, hmm. you know, circumspect about ki kya hai. Hmm. Uh, I think, you know, India's rise in the global stage, also uh, our economy doing well, hmm. you know, realizing that, you know, you cannot uh, be a global uh, economic power without manufacturing, hmm. you know, uh, investment flows into India. Also, our, uh, the presence, increasing presence of our diaspora, the people who went uh, in the in the 70s and all were now maturing. Yes. Okay. And, and then the young, uh, you know, IT guys and business guys, our uh, Indians occupying... Uh, 
political positions in in the west indians becoming ceos in the west hmm. uh, indians you know uh, doctors engineers professionals so like everything has come together yeah, at the at the, at the right, to, time. right time and uh, i mean i've been been an expat myself i've been away uh, for more than 12 years now it, there's a certain sense of pride as well uh, and i believe it it's been instilled over a period of time in the last few years uh, i mean i i'm not going to talk about my politics as such but i would i would on the record want to say i believe prime minister modi is one of the biggest influencers in india when i say influencer i'm like i'm talking about be the celebrity or whoever which was never the case right i mean it was never the case uh, he comes on instagram or he comes on twitter he talks about say millets or he talks about lakshwadeep and boom i'll give you a a, a case study so when i was uh, i was ambassador to peru so peru as you know has this world famous place called machu picchu yes so my uh, so one one of the directives we, we got from government was try to do yoga day in an iconic place okay so what could be more iconic than machu picchu hmm. so i uh, when i went there i thought first year let me understand this country hmm. the second year in 2017 i said abhi karna hai isko hmm. so machu picchu is not an easy place to reach it's remote, remote. it's expensive hmm. so i said i will take 100 people to machu picchu and do yoga day now 100 people taking them to machu picchu from lima you to flight tickets air ticket uh, the train tickets then bus ride then entry t- entry into machu picchu was uh, was almost a 100 dollar per person yeah. uh, so uh, i said how to but the most difficult thing was permission to do yoga day mm-hmm. now what happened was uh, you know we had earlier got permission for a cinema for a film okay shooting in bollywood mm-hmm. uh, in machu picchu, machu picchu. Mm-hmm. unfortunately in that film rather than talking about machu picchu the film uh, was shot in machu picchu but the the sequence which was being sung it was a song sequence hmm. the s- lyrics were kilimanjaro kilimanjaro <laughs> so the people the tourism people were aghast of course they will be so you, you i will not name the film and the actors and the, and the actors i'll, I'll, I'll google it off you'll google it. i'll send you the link so if i was myself i shocked that you know they are shooting in the the backdrop is all um, machu picchu but the song was kill so they said no indian film we will not allow the indian embassy and all that so but i would not you know leave i said yeah. to karna hai so finally i reached the right people hmm. who were to decide so he asked me okay i will uh, i will give you permission but tell me how much publicity per, uh, machu picchu and peru will get hmm. because on because they were prom peru prom, uh, yeah, peru yeah. promotion and this time they want clarity this <laughs> is clarity and you know what is the the deal hmm. so how can i say anything <laughs> so you know the lyrics writer <laughs> i said i said i agree with you and i want to say that it will become it will be you know all media will carry this is such an iconic play yoga days but he said no give me some data hmm. so suddenly you know like you said i had a brain wave so i opened the twitter account of prime minister modi hmm. at that time this is about 10 years back or 9 years back he had about 37 or 40 million followers yeah. now i think he has 90 million or 90, something yeah, twitter is uh, anyway yeah, yeah. so i opened twitter as a 40 million hmm. so i said you know the population of peru was about 35 million yeah. so i showed him i said look sir hmm. if we do yoga day in machu picchu my prime minister will retweet my tweet done <laughs> He said, "How many followers he is?" I said, "37 or 39 million." <laughs> okay. उसको देख के उसकी ही आईज लाइक पॉप्ड आउट. मसल. And you're talking about nine years back. Nine years back. These numbers were unheard of. Unheard right? of. Yeah. And uh, he said, "It's more than our population." I said, "Yes." He said, "Done." But you have to assure me that he retweets. <laughs> How can I assure? <laughs> How can I assure? So I just told him. I fired the gun from that Twitter account. then no you acha yoga day ho gaya hmm. it was lovely and everybody moment i would say you know uh, ye uh, yoga day karna hai you know all sponsors came so hmm. you know we got uh, tickets free this free that free people also contributed so i was able to do the event it was beautiful event then you know i am getting nervous <laughs> because prest is not tweeting that account is not retweeting <laughs> i tried everything you know i sent this to everybody i i sent i sent to everybody and is not doing then i i i have that video with me i'll show you so we were having dinner and my brother was visiting 
and suddenly you know my daughter came running jumping hmm. prime minister retweeted your tweet i saw oh my god my daughter i can show my we all <laughs> show my face out there show my face and and he did he did and, uh, he did and he mentioned it uh, in in man ki baat and uh, i am still very happy that you know we came out with the commemorative volume in 2017 yoga day there is only one uh, one centerpiece that the center fold this is the one this was the yoga in machu picchu so uh, so so as i am saying you know we started getting all these uh, you know things to to project india to make india appeal to the world and now we are in a different trajectory in the sense that you know some of the things that has happened in india uh, digitalization uh, emphasis on manufacturing then uh, our democracy people 1.4 billion people living in relative harmony with each other not sure. fighting each other every day india is a force of peace in the world india is a voice of reason in the world then uh, you know poverty alleviation you know latest uh, statistics that we have seen from niti ayog shows that lot you know the if you go into rural india things have really changed they have they have, they have. Really changed. i i i can vouch for it because i mean i whenever i visit my village some born brought up in mumbai but we are in deep parts of bihar right and it used to be a nightmare to reach out there because of the roads uh, the overall infrastructure was in shambles and i visited after 6 years last year i visited after 6 years i was super pleasantly surprised the roads are amazing mm. there's 24 by 7 electricity which was like i mean it's my village right every year we used to go during our vacations and it used to be a nightmare there's no electricity and you coming from mumbai Hmm. Oh yeah, YouTube it used to be a massive nightmare. Absolutely. So no, I I I I agree to no, it. No, and some of the states which were not performing so well, for instance, you mentioned Bihar, UP. Yeah. UP is transforming amazingly. Well, UP is a different story. I mean, I think we can do a podcast on yeah, UP. Yeah, UP. I went to uh, I I I compiled a book on international relations and diplomacy uh, last year. So to uh, so one school in the UP, uh, Lucknow, invited me to talk to the students on what is international relations. and i went to lucknow after so many years i was so positively impacted it's such a lovely city now sure and now with the, what's happening in ayodhya the airport the temple complex tourism it's going to up will be one of the leading states of india i think and soon. it has everything in it in the place to become one i mean be in terms of sheer land the population fertility of the place you got rivers out there flowing through now tourism tourism yeah now You know another point I would like to make. Uh, I went to uh, two years back. I went to Telangana, so from the highway in Hyderabad, I thought, let me go inside. Okay, let me see what's the transformation. So I went about um, 10 to 15 kilometers inside. So what thing I saw, which I always tell people, is that I saw a meat shop. Okay. Okay. So I was quite surprised to see a meat shop in a village kind of a place. Okay. and then i kept on going inside i in fact from the main road i went to a forest i was hmm. keen to see a forest i saw every kilometer or so there was a meat shop okay a meat shop in a village shows prosperity <clears throat> in a very different way very different way very okay. different way the affordability the affordability people have the money they have disposable yeah. income Correct. you know in india Uh, you know, people eat meat only when they have a certain. I remember when my when my father it was working. Okay. It's, it's an occasion, right? It's only an occasion. occasion on a yeah. Sunday, you would get yeah, meat. You know, yeah, yeah. and there were meat shops, and they were they were open. People were buying, mm-hmm. and to my surprise, when I went further in, I found women were butchers, women were running meat shops. That tells a different story altogether. True, that, true, you know, true. Some of these inhibitions and you know stereotypes are breaking in India. True, uh, true. And, no, absolutely. And I, I always tell people that story that you know I saw this and I thought you know things have things have changed in India. I mean we're still work in progress for sure, that but the change has been uh, immense, of course. Okay, uh, we are running out of time, but I want to touch upon three three topics, right? Uh, the last three ones. Uh, first one I want to talk about the focus which has come on the ambassadors and diplomats. uh because of one person dr jay shankar i mean uh, the way uh, the way he has come out as an external uh, affairs minister and the way he conducts himself his speeches his interviews they've been viral uh, for all good reasons of course and this this seen a renewed interest uh, look indian diaspora outside of india of course they would know of the ambassador they would know of the embassy but now the people back in india also i mean uh, today i was telling uh, my uh, friends that i'm going to meet the ambassador they were very excited 
they're very excited because now they have they have a persona to connect with right so talk talk about him a bit no so i think we are very lucky and the country is very lucky that we have him as his, as our foreign minister external affairs minister personally it helps uh, us a lot because uh, all of us know him he knows everyone in the ministry yes so you know you don't have to explain anything or bhumika badhne ki zarurat padti hai he he's been understand. he's been on the both sides right yeah, he's, he's been, been on the both sides he's side. been one of us and yeah. now he's our minister so you know decision making and you know uh, you know uh, understanding a problem or an issue is, is so much uh, easy. so much easy uh, having said that i would also say that the the former uh, foreign minister uh, sushma swaraj she also uh, had a great influence on on the service particularly Absolutely. in terms of uh, <coughs> our connection to the diaspora and helping yes. indians in distress which is the one who started with the tweets yeah 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 oh, that was amazing and you know everyone was so responsive yes. i still remember i was yeah, in new york yeah. she would call me in the middle of the night and and come on the phone and said sandeep tum so to nahi rahe the <laughs> i would always say nahi main jag raha tha but you know the kind of awareness uh, yeah. that she she and she was so built. prompt She was so prompt. And now, uh, Dr. Jayashankar has taken uh, Indian diplomacy to an altogether different level. Hmm. Uh, I would strongly recommend uh, the two books that he has written. Yes. One is uh, Why India Matters, and another India Way and Why Bharat Matters. Why Bharat Matters. The Bharat part is interesting because you know uh, now we are trying to tell the world that some of the solutions that India has for problems may be actually global solutions. Hmm. You know the way we do things. You know in in a very consultative way, yes. taking people along. you know our voice of reason and moderation you know the best example is how we dealt with the uh, crisis or the war in ukraine uh, you know we we had to take our people out we managed to do that yes. you know the way we didn't uh, try to avoid hurting our indian economy in terms of fuel food fertilizers yes. the role we played uh, in g20 the delhi declaration so that indian diplomacy has reached a different dimension and level and a large if you read the book uh, um, it's it's the vision and the direction from the prime minister but i think also he has had a role in terms of uh, you know uh, marshaling the resources and putting sure. people on on the job great uh, a big fan of course uh, next one the next one is uh, want to understand your view on uh, on startups right the channel is primarily uh, about startups about right uh, startups investments venture capitals and more uh, what what is your view right i mean uh, and to 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 actually there are two sub questions to this right first is uh, how you feel that the embassies uh, can help indian startups right uh, in venturing let's say in indonesia for example right and vice versa how can you bring indonesian startups who are willing to expand into uh, india uh, what kind of what kind of systems can be can we put in place or are there what are the plans or if there are any uh, current activities we are happening which we might not be aware of yeah so you see what we are trying to do is um, i would uh, expand this uh, my ambit to more than more than startups because sure. startups are also you know <coughs> enterprises enterprises or businesses, yeah. or businesses. Yeah. Yeah. so what i've trying to do is one exercise i've launched uh, where i would need uh, the help of your channel and your organization sure is that you know i i have done a mapping hmm. and i found three or four kinds of indian presence in terms of businesses here mm-hmm. one are um, indian headquartered companies sure okay let's say aditya birla or adanis adanis yeah. or tatas yeah so they are a major economic player in this country yes. they create jobs they have invested in the great jobs second are uh, indian diaspora companies hmm. let's say indorama hmm. or let's say indo ispat yeah they were uh, started by people who came from india hmm. but they are in all sense of the term indonesian companies yeah they they become or, one yeah okay or let's say you know uh, um, the cinema businesses which are run by the ram panjati sure. or his brother or others yeah. uh, you know they are also huge economic players but they have an indian dna somewhere yeah. so i'm trying to map them their contribution and third uh, thirdly i am also trying to find out indian professionals in companies okay okay they may be in multinational companies they may be in indonesian companies they are also an economic player because you know they have brought something from india hmm. their skills 
and they are also contributing to the economic activity in Indonesia. And fourth pillar of people are people who are uh, who came as professionals, maybe in one of the three. They, either they were in a diaspora company, yeah. or they worked in a multinational, or they were working in an hmm. uh, in Indian company, but have now ventured into uh, startups. Yeah, that would be someone like me. Someone like you. There are many people like yeah, yeah, you. Ask them where did what brought? Oh, I come for this company. I came with a job yeah. over here with a multinational, yeah. and then there we is started. There is a guy on. in Surabaya, Metimaha. I came and worked with Jindal. But then now I have into stainless steel business myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So these are the four brands. I am connect, trying to connect to everybody. Hmm. And uh, we have started a, a, a newsletter called Warta, hmm. which is which is a Indonesian and, and an Indian, Indian word, word yeah. where we are Smart trying one. to tell stories yeah. of, 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 of Indian companies, Indian CEOs. Last year, last issue we featured the uh, CEO of of the Godrej company, which is actually an Indonesian company, the acquired yes. company, yeah. Yes. But uh, the products are, are of Indian origin. So uh, I'm trying to start that communication. And you will have, you may have noticed, we are doing so many events. Yes. We did one uh, on uh, economic integration. Then last, uh, I think this Friday, we My, did this one microfinance on and microfinancing. Yeah. Then uh, we are planning one on pharma. So we are planning a large number of these events. What we have to also do is what you asked me is connecting our startups. That process has started. I'm, it also takes because startups are many. Yes. <laughs> Everybody, any professional, you may, oh, I have a startup. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to first work out with the financial uh, startups. Mm. I'm meeting a few of them. Uh, this week I'm going to meet with um, the Tokopedia guy. He, he, he has a presence in India. Most of his back office yes. is being done in India. I'm going to ask him, why don't you do something uh, in mm. India? And uh, so the, the startup journey uh, for me personally in Indonesia is, is yet to begin. Sure. But I am first trying to map them. I'm trying to understand who is in what business. And, Absolutely. And connect people. You sure. know, uh, connect people. There are many, you know, for instance, there is one uh, person called Guru Deshpande. Yes. Know, so uh, I met somebody Zapko. else. Zap. Then I met somebody else. And he was also in the same kind of business. So I connected the two. They didn't know about each other. Yeah, yeah, they didn't yeah. know about each other. So. First, I think uh, the job for me in my six months has been to establish the connection. But you will see a lot of activity being done by the embassy in terms of uh, you know involving the startups both from India and in Indonesia. And we are planning a major economic conference um, in in November. Nice. Uh, yeah, we will get uh, delegates from India. Uh, it will be the India ASEAN Business Conclave, partner country Indonesia. Nice. Uh, it will be in the last week of November. That will be culmination of our, all the activities that we have done uh, this year. So there again, we'll have a huge focus on on startups. Sure, sure. Well, th this is great. This is great. I mean, uh, we can we can use all the support. Uh, it is always needed in the initial journey. Okay. Last question, Chief. Uh, bit on the personal side, right? Uh, generally, an ambassador is in a country in a foreign land for two to and a half years. Uh, am I wrong? Three years, three years yeah, normally. But the, the, the transition period begins, right? Uh, so you basically uproot yourself every few years uh, along with the family and then you move to another one. There must be an emotional toll, right? Uh, maybe on you or, or the family. Uh, how your partner copes with uh, with this, Taruna ma'am? How, how does she copes with it? Uh, because it, it's like you're establishing connections. Uh, you're establishing networks, you're creating uh, a circle and knowing the fact that you're going to move, right? Knowing the fact that you're going to move and then you eventually move and then you have to restart, do this again. Uh, talk, talk a bit about that. It's a, it's a difficult question to answer and we are uh, grappling with it on a daily basis. But when I say we, I not only mean Indian diplomats, but also it's a, it's a global problem. All diplomats, that's why diplomats connect very uh, very easily and, and nicely to each other. Everyone has the same Everyone thing. has the same kind of, of an issue. Uh, it is uh, hard for the so the diplomat. It is very hard on the spouse. Spouses, yeah. And uh, also on the children. Hmm. Because particularly if you have school-going children, every two, three years, you you know, you know have to establish new Correct. friendships. Correct. In a way, they become strong and resilient. Gradually, yes. Yeah. But during that time, it, it is, is it is it is not easy. And, and they need a lot of support of, of the parents. Uh, spouses uh, find it difficult to have a career. Yeah. In fact, only now that our children have grown up, my wife has been able to, uh, you know, start a career. 
maybe it's good because by the time i retire she, she will be very established <laughs> so 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 maybe it's for the good but 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 you know uh, the associated problem is that diplomats find it difficult to find spouses uh, because women are now okay. educated professional yeah. they want their careers sure. and similarly you know for a woman diplomat to find a husband, uh, a husband is not easy because yeah, you know sure. uh, moving with the husband and you know marriages are difficult to sustain over sure, distances sure. so uh, there is an issue hmm. uh, but uh, i i don't see any easy answer to it uh, maybe technology is an answer hmm. in the sense that people are now able to work remotely Hmm. so i have found many spouses who live with their uh, diplomat husband or wife but they are able to have a profession hmm. because uh, they can work remotely sure uh, also uh, for instance my wife is a visiting faculty in iim indore yeah. so she keeps on coming and going hmm. but she is able to do it because we are in indonesia yeah. imagine if we were in latin america then Cannot. it would not have been yeah. possible yeah yeah so uh, it is it is a, it's a difficult um, question I, I to also, answer and uh, my children have no, it's not that it, they have not suffered when they were so last you got twin daughters i've got twin so they had each other yeah. but not everybody exactly. can have twins yes. also that's yes. also a challenge correct so i remember when my daughters went from peru to new york uh, they were uh, they found it difficult to make friends how, how long they, how, how old were they they were in grade uh, 10 10 11 12 oh, that's, that's so a tricky one because the friendships were all made it's a very tricky one yeah, yeah. and they the, the groups and circles were all there and my daughters didn't were not able to penetrate but they did a smart thing they made a, uh, the circle of all other expats Ah. So their friends were Korean, Chinese, yeah. you know, Bangladeshi. Same, same, uh-huh. same pain. <laughs> same pain. Same pain. So people with the same pain got together, and mm. then, 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 then they were happy. But it needed a lot of effort. They were not able to penetrate into the established people who were in that school from childhood. Hmm. They were not very welcoming of intruders or, or newcomers. No, yeah. which is which is very general. Yeah. No, but it is it is it is it is a challenge, and I have seen uh, a lot of colleagues. Uh, Uh, you know, uh, mostly women because uh, still the number of men diplomats is more than women. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the women have suffered in the sense they have not been able to have a career, hmm. uh, and they are many of them are very very skilled and trained and talented. I'm sure, yeah. And uh, even men husbands find it uh, difficult uh, to to adjust because uh, you know not all professions can be uh, you know it done. Is, it is a remotely. difficult profession. It is definitely a difficult position uh, profession. I mean, even with limited. a uh, limited uh, time which i have been around and i've seen you guys both you and taruna ma'am i mean she has to be there almost everywhere right wherever you're visiting for any cultural event uh, and again it takes a lot out of you for you of course it comes with the job right but for her it's an added one right so i mean you either gradually start relishing it enjoying it Uh, yeah but i think that would also be true for any job where you have which is associated with movement you know true. you know if you yes. are in the corporate also if you are a international yes. uh, in international business or Correct. then you know Correct. you have the but out there i mean you have an option of just settling down yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. over here i mean you've signed up for it uh, yeah so the, yeah that is true that is true so no, it's, but, it's it's a, it's an issue it's a challenge and uh, but uh, i think uh, end of the day uh, you become stronger i'm sure uh, you become more resilient you are used to working in any environment multicultural environment sure. my do- i see in, uh, see it in my daughter in fact when they applied for college they highlighted this aspect in their essays that they are you know very com- uh, convenient and comfortable in working, working in international environments yeah. they speak so many languages hmm. and uh, so that that helps them uh, and and they will come out stronger and uh, i think we have also now learned we adjust and our role as senior people is to advise the young officers how to deal with such issues and uh, we always try to support each other and um, the other factor is that uh, we have the embassy family in every i always say yeah. the indian foreign service or the ministry uh, is the largest multinational company in india because we <laughs> may have 180 offices world over yes. so wherever we go we have the backup, backup and support yeah. of our embassies yeah. which is yeah, which is yeah, great yeah. sure sure okay parting thoughts last thoughts uh, on where do you see in in your tenure uh india indonesia relationship uh, going yeah no it's a, it's a very important question and i have been thinking about it and working on it my i will fail in my job if i am not able to uh, you know enhance that relationship yes and uh, it can happen in many dimensions i think politically we are very comfortable with each other we are similar kinds of countries uh, we have similar outlooks and foreign policies strategic autonomy which we use in india and 
act free and active which they use here we believe in we have a vision of the world so there is lot of uh, understanding at the, at the top level and our policies uh, what i want to do is increase the economic engagement with indonesia sure and my message to our companies has always been that try to set up shop here you know because indonesia has a policy of encouraging people to set up shop here yes. not only trade yeah. and i tell them this is a huge country True. you know and uh, this is a huge market per capita income is high yes they have a vision to become a developed country by 2045 hmm. emas indonesia per capita incomes will go up to 25 so it's a huge economy True. so it makes sense to come and set up shop here make things here have a partner do business as an indonesian company you will enjoy so many advantages sure. and it is born uh, the, the 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 proof of the pudding is in the eating so the companies of indian origin who are here indian headquarter they are doing so well yes. you know the i am telling those stories you know mm. in the last business meeting we were there yeah. we told the tvs story what yes. a inspiring story yeah, so absolutely. there are many stories so i am telling people become a tvs hmm. uh, we have pushed uh, enfield to to set up shop yeah. here they will come uh enfield we displayed during the republic day yeah. also so uh, you know i'm telling i'm giving that even small businesses i'm telling they set up shop here have a partner because it's uh, not easy to understand the dynamics here you know indonesia is also a very uh, sophisticated country correct so one has to understand what works what doesn't work the so that is the main message i am giving yeah. even to startups you know this is a huge undeveloped uh, startup ecosystem it yeah. can really really go go far people are uh, smart people are educated uh, people are tech savvy uh, internet penetration is high mobile penetration is high social media penetration is high yes. so you can really do wonders in in this economy just so, to top it up people are nice people are so nice very yeah. smiling very nice very well they are welcoming very india welcoming. has a good reputation Correct. here our our goodwill is very high so we need to encash on it and and the end of the day diplomacy is all about both sides winning you know sure. Uh, and uh, you know if we can give a value proposition to indonesia and indonesians i'm sure they 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 are happy to accept it and so my role and job at the moment is concentrating on increasing the economic engagement immediate task is celebrating with uh, with lot of fervor the 75th anniversary we'll we have been doing lot of events yes. i mentioned the business event yes. we'll do in november yeah. we are planning a pasar bharat an event uh, in december nice. it'll be a huge mela music dance food culture everything awesome uh, i am also talking to the indonesian side to host the indian national football team here we'll have football matches because indonesia is crazy about football, football yeah. uh, and india also needs to up its game here and in, in football we we have been doing well we moved five uh, places in the yes uh, in, in the, the fifa rank rankings yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, i to anyone i spoke including the the sports minister he said let's do it so i'm my immediate thing is to do that um, and uh, so we have planned up several events and i want to do it with the participation of our uh, community our friends our friends of Indo india in indonesia and uh, uh, i want to increase the profile of uh, india in indonesia and indonesia in india i think both are very very important mm -hmm. and i have a very uh, strong partner in uh, indonesia's ambassador in in delhi uh, ibu ina krishnamurthy and uh, we communicate quite uh, almost on a daily basis sharing notes and and pushing pushing the relationship i believe that um, there is lot of space and scope for a country like india and indonesia and uh, even um, indonesia uh, needs to uh, to to increase its its presence in india we are so close we are neighbors we yeah. are 150 kilometers apart lot of uh, cultural overlaps as well cultural overlaps and and uh, huge markets yes. so and trade is the trade volume is high hi yeah uh, we are the largest uh, trading partner in in asean so on the whole the indicators the fundamentals of the relationship are strong uh, it now depends on on many actors and players on sure. how they want to take it take sure. it forward yeah absolutely thank you so much for doing this uh, chief really really appreciate you taking time thank you lovely to be on your channel have a good day Bye.